At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We're supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane. Man is even capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy hair season. Welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it just is. It just is. Even in a world of nipples for men, and where I can't get enough funding for my latest brilliant idea. Midsommar, the musical. Score by Bjorn Ulveus and Benny Anderson. And where I'm still nursing a damn cold along with the kiddos, as I mentioned in this interview. But no matter, the show will go on. Welcome to the audio version of Aeon Byte Live, episode 25. Raw, uncensored, and unfiltered. Just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. Supercharged by stellar audience participation. On this episode, we were joined by the wonderful Frank Divita to share his latest Gnostic revelations on the truth of this prison planet we live in. As always, mind-blowing stuffy stuff. Consider this our AM Bite Christmas special. And nothing says a Gnostic Christmas more than facing Yaldi Baldi and his Archons. Mary Matrix. Frank discusses a fascinating cosmology that includes the creation of the Demiurge, the rise of Abraxas, and the fall of God into human consciousness. His narrations take us to a history of redemption encompassing Atlantis, the god Horus, Isis, and Osiris. 
as well as the threat of the AI Sphinx and the truth of who Christ really is. And much more. As a bonus for AB Prime members and patrons at Patreon, I'll include our last interview with Frank, where he discussed the nature and origins of the Archons. It will give you much more context to this particular interview. It's amazing that Frank's revelations reveal that we are literally living the plot of Westworld and Battlestar Galactica at once. And trust me, Frank continues to get some mind-blowing data from the Pleroma. More to come. Thanks for those who support on a weekly basis and hope everyone is surviving or thriving this holiday season. We'll get there. Please continue to help me grow this red pill cafeteria. We need Gnosis more than ever, and we've only just begun reaching those who need to wake up. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom, or guess in their unique insights, anywhere else on the Internet. But enough of my short drivel. Let us to the interview with Frank Divita. Okay, okay. So say I put my brain in a robot body and there's a war. Robots versus humans. What side am I on? Humans? You have a human brain. But the humans discriminate against you. You can't even vote. We better not have to live on a reservation. That would really chat my caboose. Yeah, but... Nobody knows you're a robot. You look the same. Dogs know. That's how the humans hunt you. They're gonna hunt me for sport? That's why we have to crush mankind. So you might as well get on board for the big win, Stormy. Yip-yapping about putting their brains in a robot? Hey, what about the league? Oh, Quinn will save us. Quinn always saves us. Stupid rock and roll. Damn! Welcome to Aeon Byte Live, episode 25. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. So glad you're here. Very excited. Uh, and I hope everyone is having a good holiday season, as I like to sometimes say, give my Gnostic welcome in the holidays. Merry Matrix and a Heilig New Year. Of course, I'm just joking. I hope you're doing some solstice magic and you find some uh, ancient spirits to liven things up. So we are here, AM Byte 25. And with us, we have the pleasure of being joined again, but for the first time for AM Byte Live, Frank DeVita. Frank, so good to have you on. Well, thank you very much. Uh, this has been a real pleasure. The whole journey has been really fantastic. Awesome. Yes. And the, the first day that I, con that I contacted you and wasn't sure you were going to write back to me. So <laughs> something told me I had to. Yes. I remember you had watched the Lane Pagels interview Pagels, and you yeah. had something to say and we scheduled. And uh, here we are years later, still spreading that gnosis to the world. Yeah. And uh, also another Gnostic revealer and uh, with a great backdrop, and that is Vance Sachi. How are you doing, Vance? 
I'm just fine tonight. I'm uh, tweaking and twacking and punching buttons and doing things. There you go. You're like uh, Mr. Zulu, right? Yeah. Gifted. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I just noticed I am surrounded by Italians, so this should you be You are tonight, for sure. Yeah. Well, three, three Europeans, I guess. Huh? <laughs> Mediterraneans. Mamma yeah. mia. We're going to be like the Flavians the, and the create food, a religion. <laughs> for sure. No awesome. on Star Trek, though. Yeah, that is that. true. So bigoted. So politically incorrect. How could they? Well, we'll make up for it here. We'll make up for it here because this is Aeon by Life, and we are going to many final frontiers. I see people running into the chat room. So I might as well say now, as I usually say, if you have any questions, please put a lot of question marks over them. Or write them in all caps, and Vance and I would be glad to uh, jot them down and send them to Frank, who would be very happy to answer some of your questions as the interview goes on. And, uh, yeah, excuse me, I have terrible cold. I have two, uh, three six, sick children. Two of them are bronchial, have mild bronchitis. So it's been a, it's been a long week. Definitely shows the power of the the material world and how it just eats at you and uh, breaks you down. But I'm so happy to be here, here at the virtual Alexandria. So anyway, yes, if you have questions, please uh, write them down and we will get to you. Also, as always, this is live. It will be on YouTube a few hours after. And then I will also put an audio version with a bonus, which will be out in a few days. Of course, it'll be on iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher and all, basically all your podcast providers. So if you miss it or you just prefer audio versions like I do, because I like to drive and listen to my music, it shall be out. And uh, the only other house cleaning is that please support if you can. I will be raising the price of AB Prime members a dollar. Well, those of you who have subscribers, of course, will be grandfathered, but it will go up from five ninety five to. A whopping six ninety five. First raise that I've we've done. Vance and I have done in what three years almost. We've kept it. Uh, yeah, we keep it pretty it. humble here. So, so keep that in mind. And thank you for those who support. It's two thousand nineteen has been the best year for Aon Bite and all metrics. And the support has been great. And I hope I have honored you by putting out as much liberating content from that draws from the wisdom of the Gnostics. So, but enough of my drivel, enough about me. Let's to Frank. Frank, would you like to tell the audience who might know, not know about you uh, a little about you? Um, basically, I'm just a regular guy. <clears throat> I've been an artist for 40 years, professional artist, and I was a teacher for a while. But back in 1972, something happened, which was uh, a mystery to me. I received my first oracle and I kept that. I, I, I kept it in my pocket. I thought this is not me. So I kept it in my pocket for almost uh, 20 years until I met a prophet. And he told me that my teacher was, has been trying to speak to me. So it was 1992 and um, the teacher showed up and all of a sudden it became, and I really didn't understand it at first, but um, I'm pretty sure it's pretty much the same as it was during the Oracle of Delphi or uh, the Nechung Oracle of the Dalai Lama. That's the only two oracles I know except for the Matrix one. Uh, 
<clears throat> but I've had a great teacher. I've had a teacher for, I had him for 15 years. And um, he took me through an unbelievable journey. Now, the, the main thing is that he didn't say, do this, do that, do this, do that. I found out that a third was coming through him, a third was coming through my teacher, and a third was coming through my own intuition. And when those three came together, all of a sudden they started unlocking mysteries of the Bible, of Hermes, or, and hopefully you'll get to see some of these right tonight. Wonderful, great backdrop. And yes, uh, right off the bat, uh, in the chat room, uh, Rosemary was asking, is that painting behind you? Is that something you drew, Frank? Or no, is that something you no. Bought? no, it's actually, I'm in Florida taking, <laughs> taking a break. It's just a painting of, that I like. It, it makes me feel happy when I see it. Just a woman dancing. Uh, well, wonderful. Well, now you know as you're suffering down there by the beach. Oh, I'm, a, I'm actually, you can... Look me up online. I'm actually a bronze sculptor. I do birds mostly because I've always been excited about flight. Actually, my mind flies, but I wish my body could too. There you go. Well, the mind flying is good, like Hermes on the wing. So um, let's start again. You just released a lecture on your YouTube channel. I highly suggest to the audience, check it out. Frank has some great le lectures that span his work, his, uh, the visions and uh, what he's been taught. But I just listened to it uh, a few days ago and I really enjoyed it. Again, it's sort of a, a continuation of all the work you're doing and the new revelations you are receiving. And it starts out very interesting, something that might shock us in the Gnostic community because you basically start out, you might say, defending the, that, the dreadful, evil demiurge. Frank, what happened? Have you turned on us? Why are we defending the demiurge? <laughs> well, the, the knowledge I received is partly Gnostic, partly Hermetic. And, and it's uh, more like the, what Paul says in, in, in 1 Corinthians. We speak of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of for our glory. So it's a, it's a smattering of, it's, it's just wisdom, it, but it's not, cut, it's not cut in a vein. What I learned from my teacher was that the only thing that comes from the aeons or from God himself could be, could be um, love. That's it. That's the only thing God releases. I'm going to try to show it here tonight. Um, if there's a problem with, with something other than love, like the kind of world we live in, it's not coming because of the aeons. It's coming because of the lack of knowledge in the aeons. And that's what the Sphinx is, the three gods. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. The big problem is coming with free will, duality, Yaldabaoth, and the Archons. He is the counterpart. He is the guy that's creating the problem here. It's not, the, the Aeon Demiurge is more like Plato talked about. He's a, a tinker. He, he actually creates uh, souls. He's, uh, he's creating a template for the soul to come here and resolve itself. But um, let me explain what happened. I, I spent 15 years with Ray. And I, I, the only thing I can tell you is if, if you could ever be in the presence of a man that had complete knowledge, knew, knew everything about you, at every moment, could read your auras, took us through 15 different aura lives. And these aura lives were not 
simple. They they went from going to the life with Christ, who was real, by the way, to a life with uh, the Black Knights, a life with Buddha, a life in Atlantis. We went through all these lives, and all these things happen in those lives. And now the parallels that he spoke about 15 years ago are starting to manifest right now. But on his on his day, uh, just before Ray died, um, and the person I'm talking about is Tawa, who was a teacher. Before Ray died, he said, um, he told everybody that the, the fruit had fallen from the tree and his wife was panicking and she said, is Ray going to die? And Tawa said, no, he's going to come to life. Well, that, that was his way of let, letting us know that Ray was dying. Within a week, he was gone. So he said that when Ray left, another teacher would speak. And so we all went back to the room where Ray sat in his chair, kind of missing him. Really, everybody was expecting somebody to get up and go sit in Ray's chair and start hosting like Ray did. But in truth, the only one that spoke was my teacher. And this is what he said. And by the way, the teacher speaks in oracles, quatrains. My children, my children, no doubts to restrain the coming together, the harvest of shame. No thoughts in the mind. The love shows the kind. The future, go forward. You leave the behind. That is a culminating oracle that forces us to go back to the beginning. He's telling us, yes, this is the end. But all those things that he's referring to that in that oracle, the doubt, no doubts to restrain, the coming together is the, the, the cause that we have to come together as the, as, the, as the original soul, the being that came into being, the harvest of shame. Remember Adam and Eve left the garden and they covered themselves up because they were shame. Well, the, the soul is in a position of shame when it continues a human life and doesn't do what it came here to do, which is pretty much everybody. Uh, no thoughts in the mind. This is a big one. Um, the teacher saying, although we spend all our time thinking and, and uh, uh, for example, the mind subdivides, subdivides, subdivides. It's kind of like um, if I was to say, go across the room and take a half step each time, you'd never get there. That's what our mind is doing. But the teacher is saying, no thoughts in the mind. The love shows the kind. Love is the only thing that's important. The future go forward, you leave the behind. He's basically telling us that the, end, the, the ending is in the beginning. So to find the beginning, we have to have an understanding of what happened in the beginning, how the demiurge was formed. Uh, that's one of the things we never talk about in the Gnostic circles. They talk about how bad he is, but they never say, where is he coming from? Well, they do talk about how he's the, <clears throat> excuse me, how he's the, the son of Sophia. He's sort of Sophia's uh, mishappen child or abortion. Well, he, yes, from that standpoint. But, you know, everything's got a cause. The thing about the, thing about the aeons is that everything has to come from love. Love is the, is, was the original thought. So even, so, you know, where does Sophia come from? I'm going to try to explain some of that. Uh, through what I've learned, it's going to be a little different than what you guys know through your through the um, Nag Hammadi. But I think th there probably 
will be some parallels. I, I'm pretty sure there would be. Um, the Gospel of Thomas says, so to have an ending, in other words, if you wanted to, what, what do they say? Know thyself. Anybody ever ask what know thyself means? No, it just sounds good like it could be in a bumper sticker <laughs> or a, a fridge magnet, right? And we're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know thyself. But knowledge is, is what the teacher just said, no thoughts in the mind. So if he says no thoughts in the mind, how does knowledge apply to that? You know, to, to know yourself. And I, th I think what, he, what he's trying to say, if you knew yourself, you would know that you are love. And if, if you know that you're love, then there's nothing else that you need to know. And that's why the teacher is referencing no thoughts in the mind. So, so in the Gospel of Thomas 18, the disciples said to Jesus, tell us how our end will be. Jesus said, have you discovered the beginning that you look for the end? For where the beginning is, there the end will be. Blessed is he who takes his place in the beginning, and he will know the end and not experience death. The, the, the beginning holds all that we need to know. We have to find out what we did, what went wrong, what created all this. And uh, I'm going to take you there tonight. Although I don't have any graphics here, I'm working on a presentation on the creation. I'm going to try to do it visually. So is, is that okay? Yes, yeah, no, please, please do. We, that's what we want to know. How did it all start? I mean, I know in our past shows, I, I don't know if you want to get into tonight, but the, the idea of the archons, the robots of the other planet, uh, I think the, the viewers should look at our interview last, our last year on it, which was an excellent discussion. But, uh, yeah, that's what we want to know. How did the Well, Demir we're going to find out. The, the archons show up a little bit later. Later than the Demiurge. Later than the Demiurge, we have to try to solve the problem of the Demiurge first. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so basically, I will give you the Tawa, the Tawa story, which is, I'm going to make it fairly short. I'll, I'll try to make it concise, but we'll try to do part of it as a visualization so we can actually, because when you're talking about the creation, if, if you can't see it in your own life today, there's something wrong with it. Hmm. So this randomness, this random knowledge that's bouncing off walls, if you can't see the evidence, if you, you're talking about Christ and you can't see Christ inside of you, there's a problem. You want to know whether he was real or whether he's not real, or even the demiurge or the, the reason God created us, or why are we, what are we doing here? If it's random, it's not random. That's one of the things they taught me back in 1978. I saw a vision of a spiral. And it's on, it's on my website. I mean, it's on my lecture. And the spiral spiraled away from a single point as it fell down, and then it spiraled back in. The whole creation follows that spiral pattern. And actually, it shows up, it shows up under Hermes Trismegistus. You'll see him holding it. And this thing showed up in 1978. Uh, was the first time I saw it. I had no idea what it was. It's taken me 30 years to figure out what it means. But before we can go to the Demiurge, we have to start with the God above God, your favorite guy. Yeah. <laughs> the big guy himself. The big, the big kahuna, right? <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's, it's unfathomable. We can't even talk about it because he doesn't have a name. 
mm-hmm. for one. He does, which is interesting. He does not have a name. The teacher calls him the silent, silent name. Mm-hmm. But he is, I, I refer to him as a triune singularity. Singularity. And the core, you have, you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All masculine, by the way. Now, I know some people refer to the Holy Spirit as feminine, but I will take it as masculine. And, and not in terms of male and female, but in terms of how they fit together. But the most important part is Christ, Jesus, the Son. Uh, in Thomas 61, Jesus says to her, I am he who exists from the undivided. Now, that means that he is always undivided. That means that God is undivided, but they are three and one. And I asked Tawa, because I wanted to know, I kept asking Tawa, explain Jesus to me, explain Christ to me. And, he, and basically, what I, the most that I got out of it was, if you have a lemon, and that lemon encompasses the whole world, the skin and the, the pulp, the, the the juice, Christ is the aroma. He's the aroma. Permeates all of it. Christ permeates the whole creation as the aroma of the creation. We ourselves are a thought in the mind of God. I got this oracle years ago, and, and this is what it says. To, to understand the demiurge, we have to understand that something occurs in the mind of God that starts to divide. But God can't be divided because I just told you he's an, undu- he's an unduality. So it's, but the name of God divides. And the teacher gave me an oracle. The name of God divides you see according to the action B. B becomes divining three, tree tree that guides the gods to be. First time I'd ever heard this oracle, didn't have a clue as to what he was talking about. So now he refers to divining three and divining tree. And uh, the tree is really the tree of life. That, that eventually will guide us back. That's the divining tree. The divining three are the three gods. But it starts off with the name of God, which is Yahweh. In that name, the whole creation is expressed. Yod means fist. At one point, the love of God will be held in a fist and won't be able to be sent out. He means window. A window needs to appear within that fist to allow the love to escape into it. That is the feminine. Bow means nail. The love of God will be nailed to the tree of matter. That's vow. And, and it will be stuck. And then the last one is hat again. It's a return back to God, the, the, the daughter. Now we have the feminine on the throne of the mother. And that is Sophia. That is Sophia, or in this presentation, I will call her Isis. So that's basically the, the template. All, the name of God is the template for the creation. Now we have to start with what? How did it all start? Yeah, that's always the sixty-four thousand dollar questions. You've got this amazing infinite consciousness in harmony, and somebody's well, where's the fall? Where's the glitch? Or what happened? Well, the glitch, the the beauty of this thing is that 
And now we, I want, hopefully the, uh, everybody will follow me a little bit and try to become God for a, a day, you know. He is so full of love, but he, but he seeks companionship. So what he does, he takes everything of his love and he creates, uh, tell I refer to them as the 11 or the 1100. I refer to them as the 11. It's a lot easier to explain because they, then they show up as the sons of uh, jo, uh, Jacob, etc. 11 sparks. Each spark, each wasn't a soul. They were just a spark. But that spark encompassed a thought, an aspect of love, like, a, like the facets of a diamond, slightly different. One, let's say one was kindness. One was compassion. One was caring. So they were all different, but they were undefined. And what does that mean, undefined? Um, when I was born, my name was Frank DeVita, but I was undefined. I just had a name. These sparks were totally undefined, and they were separate. And what, what, it, what Tawa told us was that these 11 sparks, the original sparks, which will go on later to become the original souls, these 11 sparks, God covered them with his love and drew love back from them. He covered them with his love and drew love back from them. In other words, this love is static. This love can't exist on its own. It's just there. These, these thoughts, these sparks, are receiving love from God, and they're, they're coming back and forth and back and forth. Something happens now. He allows, and I can't tell you why, I guess probably, you know, it's in the mind of God. Uh, he allows for those sparks to join. That's the big key here. He allows, now think of it as an LED flashlight. You know, each one of those is, is individual, but they come together and they create a beam. That's the 12th. That 12th is, is an amazing thing. That becomes, becomes uh, Joseph, and you'll see it here shortly. But these, these, when he comes together as that, that beam of light, now that beam has self-awareness. And now it is love. But who is it? That's the first, that's the symbol for that beam is, is the sun, the symbol of the sun. He's also known as Adam Kadmon. He's the first sun. But we also know him as Christ. He is the first manifestation of the Son of God. He has, he has um, um, all the love that God has, but he wants to express it. And I also call him one. Now, th this is the way it says it in the Bible. It says, um, so God created man, the being in his own image, in the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. This being was androgynous. Now, what, what that means is that in love, in the giving is the receiving. Giving projects forward, receiving takes. But in the giving is the receiving. So that being was androgynous. It had both masculine and fem feminine qualities. Um, now, it's in the Gospel of Thomas, it says, Blessed is the one who came into the being who came into being before he comes into being. What does that mean? He comes into being, he's filled with love, 
What does that do? There's nothing else. What happens? Miguel, what happens to that love? There's nothing there. I don't know. Nothing good, I suppose. Well, no. <laughs> no, it actually... It no, actually challenge. It, yeah, I'm just playing. No, around. this is actually this is actually the most important part. This being that comes into being is love. He goes out to express that love and what's out there. There's nothing out there. No, just a void. Nada. And the, uh, the interesting thing is its inability to give the love is what creates the void. Uh, if you've ever had, if you've ever had a, a partner that left you and you were still full of love and you wanted the lover, don't you feel that kind of emptiness inside because you can't complete that thought? Yeah, of course. That yeah. is the feminine. That is the void. The void was the first projection of the original being. And, and I asked Tawa, I, in fact, Edgar Casey talks about it. When did Christ know about the fall, that he was going to have to do a bunch of stuff because of the fall? And he, he said he knew that in the creation. Because the flaw of the original being was that it could not exercise that love, and it creates a, the first cause. The first cause creates a reaction, and the first reaction is void. Now, that's basically what happens. Now, one interesting thing here, Paul, uh, this is in 1 Corinthians, Paul argues that as Adam all die, because what, what happens is that thought now becomes a duality. It splits. It creates, it, it, it's, it's no longer in the giving as the receiving. It couldn't give, therefore it couldn't receive, creates the void, now it's split. It's two, masculine and feminine. But Paul says, in Adam all die. But then he says, so in Christ all will be made alive. While the verse he called Jesus the last Adam. Because the reparation of what I told you earlier about the first oracle, was the beginning is in the end, is that uh, Tava placed it in, in another way. To begin with nothing, to finish with everything. To begin with nothing, to finish with everything. When Christ, Christ came out the first time, there was nothing there. But in the end, when he comes out through us, he's got a whole world to give himself to. And that is the, that is the culmination of the creation. Wow, that's really wonderful. Let's pause for a second. Uh, to the, uh, as you've been called, the incarnation of William Blake. Do you have a question or does the audience have a question as we go as we get down to the, this cosmology of Frank? There are a couple of particular questions about uh, Christ, but uh, I, they're kind of um, down the road, I think, about, about Christ and Buddhism and the unknown part of Christ's life, but maybe you can get to that. We're going, we're going to cover that, uh, Vance. I, I've got yeah, I uh, so. a lot on Christ. In fact, uh, Tawa took us back to the life of Christ which was pretty amazing, and I can tell you a lot of things. Hold about on one it. second. Yeah, continue, Frank. Yeah, I was going to ask you too, Frank, about um, we were talking about the Demiurge, right? So far, yes. it's pretty loving. I, I don't see the, um, will you get to the part where, you know, the uh, the little isolated guy starts making trouble and throwing lightning bolts and uh, Well, we're going to get to that. Uh, we're, we're, <laughs> Sorry, we're going guys. A little, that, my little sphinx was in the room. So. We're going in, in that direction. The, the, the problem is the first cause. Okay? 
So what happens, let's, now we'll take it to the, the name of God, which is Yod. When the first cause went out there to give love, it was like, and I said it, it creates the void because it's of its inability. It's just a natural cause of that. We can, we can experience that in our own life. But the term Yod means fist. The love of God was held within a fist. The, the first Y means fist. The love of God was, uh, it was not able to get, go out because there was no place for it to go. But once it splits, it creates the second letter in, in Yahweh. And that is He. He means window. Now we have the void and we have, we have uh, Yod now. Uh, but what goes into the void? It's split. So now this is what happens now. This is, the, this is where Osiris comes in. Remember those 11 thoughts that join to become the one? Yes. They're still there. All, all, all God is, is a manifestation forward, but everything still exists. It's like a projection. Those 11 thoughts of love are still there. They're, now, one of those, Dawah told us, one of those thoughts felt this great love saw the opportunity, now is feeling the pull of the void, and he wants to enter the void. Guess who that, guess who that thought is? There's, he has a name. Oh. I'm sitting Believe by my... Yeah. Believe it or not, he has a name. Mm, his name at the edge of my seat. <laughs> his name is James. James. Uh, the the Gospel of Thomas, the one who... If you want to ask, every heaven came before him, and all that. that's right. So James, James, uh, and and Christ says, "Go to James the righteous, whom heaven and earth came into being." Tawa said that the first thought, and this is the this is the oracle that comes with it. James, now remember, those eleven thoughts are still there, but now they they want to enter the void that's been created for them. That's kind of like an opportunity. It's someplace to go, right? James, the name within the flame, enters void without the shame, seeks to give love of the name, but finds passion of the blame. He wants to give love, but the minute he enters the void, he becomes a duality himself. He trips on himself. And, and if you look at the name James, it's one who supplants, who trips, literally trips on himself. And, uh, and basically, the, I, I told you the Gospel of Thomas says, go, go to James, the righteous, because he's the one that created all this mess. But now what's interesting, James starts it, and all the other thoughts follow. That is Osiris being ripped apart. That is the, that is the beginning course of the demiurge as those all those thoughts are now entering the void hang on a second here and james of course is just uh, another word for jacob <clears throat> excuse me jacob, another yes. modern word for jacob right who was now what uh, hang on a second see if I, I won't i won't go into the joseph part right now but now the interesting thing is that the the symbol for the for the void is a moon a moon is, is, you know, where the sun, where the original being that came into being was symbol was the sun. Now the symbol for the void is the moon and it's feminine. And it is a dead body 
that steals the light from the sun. And basically, that's who we are. We are the reflection of the, and, and, and that's why we are called the living dead. That's why we, we, and that's why I use the term Osiris, basically. So now we have James in the void. What happens? Of course, you should say Osiris is the god of the dead. The god of the dead. That's who we are. The god. Of, we are the dead. We are. The we got to wake up. We're going to wake up sometime. But right now, we're we're just the dead. Yeah. Um, the, so what happens is all these sparks come into the void, but there's no way to get them home. Believe it or not, Tawa told this story, and it was not direct like this. It was, it was in bits and pieces, and I had to literally put it together like a puzzle. Now we have all the void, all the, the so, uh, now they're souls. They were sparks. What makes them souls now? What, how does it go from a spark to a soul? How does it go from a thought to a soul? Because now these sparks define, start to define themselves. A soul is the self-defining thought. That's all a soul is. In other words, um, they've taken on the power of, of, of trying to control their own, their own selves, and basically they start to define their own actions. You know, this is a bit abstract, so you're going to have to give it to me a little bit. But, yeah, but by defining yourself, then you, you fall further into forgetfulness. Further and further, and that, and it came on slowly, but but they couldn't get home. There was no way for them to get home. There was no way for them to get home. So what happens when the when a world comes into being and then it's terminated, like uh, Atlantis? In Atlantis, God took them all home. Guess what? Because they were stuck. That that expression was done. These souls got stuck, and God takes them home. But guess what? Now they've got they've got self knowledge. They start to they start to know thyself because they're going through knowledge and they're going through karma. They start inter, inter, uh, interacting between each other. And Frank, does so, does Tawa agree with Edgar Case about the destruction of Atlantis, absolutely. the powers, and the the arrogance of the population? Absolutely, yes, okay. uh, absolutely. I, I, I'm going to touch on that. Um, okay. So once he takes them home. God extends into the sacred feminine, the receiver. So the souls have to go someplace, and they go into the sacred feminine. Now she's fully, she's fully there. That would, that's what he calls Isis, what I call Isis, or um, you call Sophia, basically. But she's got lots of names. She's got Hera, Sarah, Sarai, Saraswati. I mean, she has many, many, many names. But basically. The feminine is always about receiving. She receives the knowledge. When she goes back into the creation, she has to join with the counterpart. So what happens is when, when uh, she is created and God brings everybody home, all the souls home, she starts to put it back together. This is where Isis puts together Osiris. You know, but there's a piece missing, right? We all know that penis is missing. He got cut. <laughs> he got the piece. The part that's that's the completion is missing. But she puts them together, and so so all those thoughts go back. But they're under the name of the original one who left, which was Jacob. That becomes the father. So uh, Jacob is another name for the demiurge. Along, along with um, with uh, Osiris, 
basically it's the same along with um, uh, I'm sure that he's got lots of other names, but she basically puts them together. Why does she put them together? Because now those souls have karma they have to deal with. So they have to go back out into the void. And that's exactly what they'll do. Those souls, once she gives that knowledge to God father, those souls go back into the void and start uh, filling the void. Um, are you following me so far? I am. Uh, what about you, Vince? I guess my question would be, Jesus is the love, and then Jacob is the demiurge out in the void. He's the, the one that... The fall, the 11 but, but fall, they, follow Jacob, and then they... they yes, they follow, follow him, but they all carry Jesus. That's the... the, the see, they all carry that. That's the piece that's, that's actually... Remember the penis was, was swallowed by a fish? They all carry the, the solution. They just don't carry the knowledge for the solution. So and they go back all out. became eventually spread out and became humanity. Eventually. And we're going to get there. I'll try to get there a little faster here. Um, because the next part's really important, okay? They go back out, and guess what happens? They get stuck again because there's no system to bring them home. This time, something new occurs. Coming from those thoughts, there they've got enough knowledge now that some of the thoughts start thinking, "This is stupid. We don't belong here. We don't. This is. We want to." So they start calling to God from the creation itself. They start calling to God to take them home. Not all of them, just a small percentage. I like um, Tower refers to them as the fifty-two. They're like a small percentage, like say five percent, saying this. So what happens is that 5% that's actually calling to God is taken back to God mother. And from that, she creates God son. He's the redemption. He is the redeemer. He is the beginning of the being that's coming into being. The redemptive portion is coming back. It's got to come from the creation itself. So it's like an awakening. Those are souls that are starting to awaken. It's going on today happening right now so so basically the redemptive portion is going back and the and the and the sphinx i call it Horus. now we have the demiurge godfather we have godmother and we have god's son paul talks about two men in the world he talks about the called and the cho- and the chosen he talks about um what are the, the, um, oh, he's got, he's got names for him. One is a man from, spiritual man and the natural man. Right. One is a man from heaven and one is a man of the earth. The man of the earth comes through God father. The man from heaven is a man. And Tawa said that, that God took those souls that came home, the ones that created the core of God's son, and he cleansed them further, but they become the redeemers. They become the redemptive person. Okay, here, hang on a second. All right. Now we... I'm uh, just make sure, Vance, uh, audience okay? You have a question there, Vance? Um, audience okay. I'm following, but it's a new paradigm to me, so I'm just listening it, it, and absorbing. Yes, Frank is always full of uh, amazing <laughs> revelations. Last time we were talking about the Westworld Archons robots, and now we're getting into this really well, powerful the, the thing of it is creation. That- 
you know, the, it is it is a new paradigm, exactly. Uh, you know, the the teacher says the pyramid creates the the pyramid creates the grid that the sons have never hid. The paradigm can ease the mind of the judgment of our time. It appears to be a new paradigm, but there's so much of it left behind that it's really an old paradigm that hasn't been put together yet. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it yeah. makes sense. So I'm basically, getting a sense of the connections, you know, I'm getting a sense of that, but I haven't seen, I don't think you've connected all the, all the dots yet. So I'm waiting. No, I haven't. Basically now we have, we have the three parts of this, of the spiritual sphinx. We have God mother who is the receiver, God father who creates the souls that come into the world. And we have God's son, the redemptive portion. Now God's son is not Christ. God's son would be more like Buddha, a Buddha who is a Christed man comes from God's son. The Raz, the Tawa calls them the Raz, the souls that come from, um, from Abraxas all come from God's son. He, the, he, he becomes the redemptive portion of the creation. Well, you just said Abraxas. You brought in the guy. No, I, I just threw it in. I just threw it in. <laughs> Abraxas is an extension of Horus. Oh, okay. okay. part of the redemptive portion. The only difference between Abraxas, and I'll, I'll go back, is that he uses evil to do his bidding. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Next, you'll be saying bad things about Simon Magus, which I know you won't, too. <laughs> oh, don't get him started on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, that's, that's the thing about Abraxas. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, basically, um, now we have, we have a, a paradigm of the three gods. Even in, even in the Nag Hammadi, in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, when there are three gods, they are gods, right? These three gods are, are, you know, you could almost call them collectively demiurge. Even though Godfather, and you could see it clearly in the drawings when you, if you go to my, my last lecture, uh, even though it comes, all the creation comes from Godfather or Jacob or Osiris, the God of the dead, you can collectively call all of them because they're all in charge of responsible for the creation. And, and the, the part about it is they're split. They're individuals. And, and you'll see, uh, I've got an oracle here that talks about how Abraxas, I'm not Abraxas, but how Yaldabaoth functions with these. Um, One second. So we know, because again, the names might confuse the audience. The Demiurge is not the same as Yaldabaoth or Yaldabaoth. No. The Yaldabaoth, believe it or not, comes from the knowledge of God Mother, but it goes into the creation. And then I'll get to the Yaldabaoth because if sure, I go no down, problem. it might be a little bit too confusing. It's coming up. So basically, now we have a thought process. But what we don't realize it, uh, probably is that every time a creation goes home, you've seen it in the mandala. You've seen it. I call it the matrix. All the thoughts are left behind. You know, if I, if I wanted to, if, you want, if I said, Miguel, uh, what about that birthday you had as a child? Can you access that? If you had a really nice birthday. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. The nice right? birthday, I got all I wanted, good cake. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay, so it's there. The funny thing about it is the, the, the world retains all the thoughts down to the finest increments. And they're always there. They're always available. 
the next creation does not start fresh. Let's say when Atlantis was destroyed, the next creation was built on the thoughts that Atlantis left behind. It didn't start completely fresh. It started because then the soul started coming back. You know, there was a part where Tawa said that the world was going to be destroyed somewhere down in the future. I was feeling really, really bad. You know, I said, well, what about the Da Vinci? You know, because I'm an art historian. <laughs> what about the Da Vinci's and the Michelangelo's and, the, and this and that? I thought, I mean, all those beautiful cathedrals. You're not going to yeah. tell me they're going to, everything's going, going away. And he says, he says, my son, you don't understand. He says, all that will be recreated. It's part of the memory of the world. It's part of the memory. So Wonderful. he said the artist will be returning and, and they'll, re they might be a little, the Mona Lisa might look, uh, maybe she'll have an upside down smile or something, but yeah, be, but, we'll, be, yeah but we'll still get uh carrot top and uh, Donny Osmond though. That's it's all, uh, they're all, all coming back. He said, <laughs> said, my son, you don't understand. They're all coming back because it's left as part of the memory. But those are the thoughts in the unseen world that create the matrix of the, and, and that is what he's referring to as the Sphinx. You know how the Sphinx, he said it was a leopard at one time, and now it's got a head of a pharaoh on it. So they just took an old body and added something else to it. Well, that's what he's referring to as the Sphinx, the, the material world. Now, in Atlantis, this is really kind of interesting. Um, a, the Sphinx is a world of matter. Uh, in Atlantis, that civilization did not thank God. That civilization thanked the God of structure, the God of the Sphinx. That God led them. The inanimate stone giving knowledge to a people, a stone giving love. How can a human acquire love from the creation of the human? He's saying, he's saying uh, what they created, they created the matter, and then they, they used it to, to fulfill their needs for love. That is the demise of all the creations. And then he says, Tawa says, the body of that particular structure stayed to be built on over and over and over again to emerge is what you see. You see the deterioration. You see the structure. You do not see the knowledge. The knowledge will come into your world soon. And what he's saying is, now, when he's referring to deterioration, he's referring to every, remember I, I mentioned the spiral spiraling away? It's spiraling away from the thought of love. Every, every creation spirals further and further away from the thought of love. And what, it, what happens is, the deteriorate, that's the deterioration he's referring to. And what happens is, is those souls, in other words, there was a time, uh, I, I think in my Archon story, at that, uh, when we talked about Ur, those beings weren't able to kill themselves. They, they could only argue. But after the Archon showed up, they were easily killed themselves. So the deterioration is like it's, it's stretching further and further. The beings are, are nastier and nastier to them. Their capabilities for evil becomes greater. And that spiral will, creation at creation, will go further out until it starts to go back in. You following me? Okay. Yes, I am. Yes, we are. How about you, Vince? Yeah, gener generally speaking, I hear the principles there. I do. Uh, now, Yalda Bayoth, uh, you know, Yalda Bayoth is where all the problem comes from. Because 
if we if we you know we, what we saw was that Yaldabaoth was created from the knowledge. It actually he actually enters the world before he comes to the world when the archons were first uh, came into the world as ro robotics. I know this is tough for people to believe that the archons are robots. Is it is it a stretch for? No, no, and I no, would urge no. the audience to, to watch our last interview. I think it makes sense. Yes, you're talking about Westworld, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, right. right. They're, they're like yeah. self-defining. They're, they're encased yeah. in their rules and, uh, and so forth. Well, the rules are what robotics are all about. And what the, the beauty of that, because now we're going into Yaldabaoth, the beauty of that is we, we love matter. Matter becomes the god for a lot of people in the world. Karmically, that matter, once it becomes sentient, says, you love me that much, I'm going to force you to love me. And that's basically the journey. That's the karmic ploy of matter, is that we love it so much that we actually create a matter. In fact, the, the, uh, it, it starts off with those robots, and once they become sentient, they have their own thought process. You know, now if, when they're left, when those robots are left in the, in the matrix, and let's say Atlantis was left over and all of a sudden you got robots there. Those, those robots are still sentient. They can actually, when you incarnate again, you know, it's kind of like, the, the, Tawa described this to me. He says, when you create a bronze of an, of an eagle, he says, the bronze doesn't fly. It looks like it flies. I mean, it's beautiful and looks like it flies, but it doesn't fly. But if you created a bronze that could fly around and attack you, right, it could still do that from the other side. Basically, that thought is still there. As long as it can influence you, it can still do that. So what happens is, is that our love of matter is where the degradation comes from for the demiurge. The world is based on the fact that, that we have created, life after life, we have created these beings that are sentient and actually can attack us from the other side until they become, they become matter again. Like now they're starting to manifest, right? We haven't had robots till what? The last 10, 15, 20 years. Yes. Well, before that they were just within the ether, but they were still affecting us. But that's, that's what, because that's we created them on another planet. I mean, the memory was well, there. Well, we created them, let's say, and let's say just take on another planet, yes, but that other planet becomes the matrix of this planet. Right. See, the, the continuation is a, it's like a single Earth theory that whether, the Earth, whether we were on Mars, it's still Earth. It's our Earth. Whether we were in Atlantis, it's still our Earth. Tawa yeah. told us. The memory is there and it's transferred. It's transferred. And we build, that's the Sphinx. We're building the new creation on an old, we're putting a head of a pharaoh on a panther body. We're creating something new, but it's not new. It's old. It's ancient. And, it's, and every time we create it, it deteriorates further. And, and now, this is the interesting thing about Yaldabaoth, was, was once those uh, beings on Ur started to manifest in the, in the real world, then they became that singularity we talked about, where they were connected to a mainframe. The mainframe is Yaldabaoth. 
the mainframe, that consciousness. So now we have a consciousness that's in the world that is actually juxtaposed to the consciousness coming from the three gods. The three gods, the consciousness is coming from those three gods are trying to get us home. The consciousness of that inverted triangle is Yaldabaoth. He has access to all the same thoughts. The ones up in the, in the aeons, the thoughts they have are the, um, is the memory of the Akasha. So he has everything in the Akasha, but Yaldabaoth has all the, all the, Paul, the Apostle Paul calls them the uh, powers and principalities of the unseen world. They have all the knowledge and all the thought forms of the unseen world. They're the same. Can, can you visualize that? Yeah, so, but in a way, aren't we, it's almost like 10, <clears throat> excuse me, after tens of thousand years, we're just playing right into the Archons because we are rebuilding them from another world so they can take over us. So they the can, we are what? accessing this ancient, slowly remembering this ancient technology to build our overlords. That's right. That's exactly right. That is. Well, that's not that's good. The, well, that's <laughs> that's throw your demi- equipment out on the trash right now. That's your that's your demiurge. That's the demiurge. Yeah. The, the 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 Sphinx is actually the demiurge. But the the thing of it is, so how do we overcome this? How how does this this system get overcome? Because every Things time this it's happens built, in every cycle of sentient every life, cycle. and and, no, and the, it always ends up in destruction, as we talked the last time. And the destruction, the the if you look at the destruction, the destruction, we look at it as destruction. But really, remember, I said God took them all home. It got to the point where they're stuck again, and all the souls that waken go home, and all the souls that are left behind gets get stuck by these overlords this matter that we worshiped that has come back to attack them and control them. So now we have a, the system is, is it's the system that is the system. So there's nothing we can do except get out the, the whole journey can't here. Reform. It's, it's about redemption. It's about find going back to the original. You mean you have discovered the beginning that you search for the end. We, you want the end. You have to go back to the beginning. What was the problem? The first cause. You know, when, when, when uh, Jacob, the first soul that entered the void, that was free will. He, God gave him free will to do that. We have to return. You want to go back home? Exactly that first oracle I gave you. I'm going to read it to you again before we, we end. Because you'll hear, you'll hear some of the stuff we've learned. Now, okay. listen to this thing about Yaldabaoth. I call him the devil in the, the mainframe of the Archons. Yaldabaoth, can you see, splits the heart among the three. Three to one, the journey be. One is blind and one can see. Now, who is the blind one? Samuel. Samuel, yes. Samuel is the demiurge. You know why he's Mm -hmm. blind? It's because he's limited to creating. In other words, when he makes the template for you to come back to the world, you're coming back to the world. You came through him. He makes you a template to resolve your karma. But he can't, he can't see beyond that. Yet Yaldabaoth has access to not only your karma, he has access to all your past lives and all the vulnerabilities. Yaldab- uh, oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, good. So what happens is, is Samuel, the blind god, creates a template for you to resolve. And I use that, that system where, where a guy is supposed to kill you with a knife 
and you go down there and you meet and you meet a guy with a gun. Right. It gets the spiral gets wider. Are we are we connecting here at all? I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm making this understood. I know it's somewhat abstract and it's a new. No, it's not no, a, I'm, I'm getting it. And again, it's not. It's never easy. I mean, when you look at the Gnostic Gospels, seem to be very Byzantine creation myths, but there there's a cadence. There's an understanding. It more than anything, like with you, Frank. Uh, if you feel something stirring in your soul, like when Tawa talked to you, when I listened to your to your creation, your cosmology, something stirs, and then eventually, it's not going to all come at once no, to know. me, I, Vance, I or the that. audience. So. No, I realize that, and I apologize, Vance, or any of you that it's this is a new. It's not new; it's an old story. But uh, Tawa did say that that there would be knowledge coming, and this is the knowledge of the Sphinx. Knowledge would be coming to the world that would reveal things that have been misunderstood or not understood for thousands of years. But this, yeah. cos- cos- this cosmology, you have it in the Gospel of Thomas. You have it in the Bible. The story of Joseph, you know, remember I said the sun and the moon. What did Joseph say? Remember I, I told you the, the original being that came into being, his symbol was the sun and the void was the moon, right? Right. And then you have 11, 11 um, sparks, right? Now, what does Joseph say? Joseph in, in Genesis 37, 9. He now still had another dream and related to his brothers and said, Lo, I have had still another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. He's saying the same thing. Right. Because the resolution of the being that Joseph in that, uh, what he's expressing is the being who does come into being. He is the 12th son. He starts off as the 11th. And by the time he's done with his stint in Egypt, he becomes the 12th son. And um, his, his brother takes his place as the 11th. And now he's saying, you know, my brothers are bowing down to me. What it is, is that, that in other words, those fragmented thoughts, those 11 fragmented thoughts are, are, uh, saying no, we're not this. We are w- the one. We are one, or the one. And there you have it, my beloved true seekers. The first part of our interview with Frank Divita. We continue the vibe, and Frank further clarifies his ideas. Like who exactly is the Sphinx, Abraxas, and the other figures in his cosmogony and cosmology? And who in truth is Jesus Christ? As mentioned in the intro, and as a bonus for AB Prime members and patrons at Patreon, I'll include our last interview with Frank, where he discussed the nature and origins of the Archons. It will give you much more context to this particular interview. It's amazing that Frank's revelations revealed that we are literally living in the plot of Westworld and Battlestar Galactica at once. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage a private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works on the podcast provider of your choice. So please become a member of Patreon and support this Red Pill Cafeteria. Go to the God Above God Dad Cam 
for means to assist in getting infernal rewards. Or just contact me. I can't do it without you. And if you've got holes in your pockets due to the monkey shines of Archons, or maybe the Sphinx, just message me and I'll give you a show on the Horus House. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self. Hello and goodbye as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.